Hey y'all, this is Jenny Veliki, and you're listening to the Swim Upstream podcast, a podcast about intentional living against cultural norms. Each week I'm going to um, start an episode with what I'm currently learning. So this week I'm learning about sourdough starters with everything going on with coronavirus and the fact that there is an inconsistent supply of bread in the stores and the fact that I've had sourdough starters sitting in my drawer for over a year, I decided this week would be the perfect time to learn how to do a sourdough starter. So right now my days rotate around feeding my starter twice a day, looking to see if it's rising, looking to see if it's eating. So for those of you who have tips on sourdough, give me a comment in the link below and let me know um, what your wisdom is about that. Um, If you need some help with sourdough starter, feel free to check out the show notes and I'll put a link in there to King Arthur Flower. They are the best ones um, when it comes to figuring out sourdough starter. So wish me luck on that and let's get started with episode one. This week, I just want to um, introduce myself to you. For those of you who don't know me, um, like I said, my name is Jenny Veliki, and I'm married to Michael. Uh, we will celebrate our 25th anniversary this fall, Lord willing, and we have four kids. We have three girls at home. Gracie is 16, Amber is 13, and Georgia is 10. We homeschool our girls. We also have a son, Ross, who is 21, and he lives with Nanny. Nanny is my mother-in-law. They live about 30 minutes away from where we are in rural North Carolina. So we'll talk more about where we live now and why we live where we live later on in this episode. So why swim upstream? Where did What happened in my life that led to me wanting to live differently than everyone else. Well, first of all, I was raised differently. I was raised in a Christian home. Um, You will hear me talk about my faith on this podcast, even though it's not specifically a Christian podcast, and I don't want to gear it all towards that. Um, My faith is part of my life, and so I want to be sure that that is in here as well. It would be really inauthentic to try to present my life to you minus my faith. So um, I was raised in a Christian home. I was a pastor's kid, and because of my dad's job and the way his position worked within the church district, we did a lot of moving, and I went to a lot of different schools, so much so that I had gone to 13 different schools by the time I graduated high school, including a year of homeschooling. So every year, was a new building, a new teacher, a new schedule, a new set of friends. Um, Every year was different. So my normal was to be different. I was never one that blended in. Um, I was always one who was who stuck out in a crowd, whether it was because I was tall or because I was mouthy or because I was just the new kid. So even in adulthood, um, as I grew up, moved away from home, and made friends um, here in North Carolina. I was always the first in my circle to do things like have kids, 
homeschool those kids, become a foster parent, pursue ministry uh, within our church and other avenues. And so I was the one that was doing things that other people weren't. And it wasn't so much that I strived to be different, but a lot of it was just a drive to see a need and fill that need and know that God could use me to do that. So about five years ago, um, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, my husband at 40 years old had a stroke. Not only did he have a stroke, he had a triple stroke. And his story of that stroke is miraculous all on its own. And thank the Lord, he walked out of that hospital healed three days later. The problem was, I got sick. As he was healing from his stroke, I became more and more ill and more and more confused about why I was so tired and why I hurt so bad and why I couldn't sleep and why I had no energy and everything was painful. This led me to do a lot of research. And this is really when I first started digging into factual research, which we'll talk about in episode two. Really digging down to find out where is the unbiased information about what's going on with me. And it took about a year to diagnose um, And my doctor found out that I had fibromyalgia. So after all of that, I had this chronic illness that wasn't going away. And it put all kinds of limits on my time. And it put limits on my ability to do things and to be with people and to go places. My schedule looked very different. My homemaking looked very different. My... Friendships looked very, very different. Um, I lost a few friends during this time period because I just wasn't available on a consistent basis. I just had no way of knowing when I would feel well and when I wouldn't. And so I would skip out of things at the last minute or I would say no altogether. Um, But during my illness... The thing that drove me was, okay, I know I have this chronic lifelong illness, but there has to be some kind of way to manage it. What, how do I get the optimal performance out of this illness? Yes, I'm fatigued, and yes, I'm hurting, and yes, I'm frustrated with all these limitations but what can I do to make the very best out of this and how can I get myself my body and my mind to optimal performance and so I began doing a lot of research and made a lot of changes I made changes to my diet we cut out a lot of processed foods we ate foods specifically for their benefit, um, such as eating pineapple because it reduces inflammation. When I would have high pain days, I would eat pineapples. Um, I took turmeric supplements to help with um, inflammation. Any way that I could find to alter our diet 
to make it more healthy, not only because my husband was post-stroke, but because it would help me operate better. And it also had the side benefit of teaching our kids really good nutrition. So I changed a lot of my diet. I also changed a lot of the cleaners um, in our home. I really researched how toxic the things were that were in a lot of the commercial over-the-counter cleaners that we were using and the way those can build up toxicity in your body and in your home. And I actually found a lot of benefit, found symptoms decreasing, found that I felt better when I switched to more natural methods of those. And that will be its own podcast episode um, all by itself. Um, I mentioned that I took turmeric supplements. There were lots of different supplements and things that I tried over the years. Uh, Things like magnesium and vitamin D and B vitamins. Um, There were just lots of different ways. I tried different supplements at different times to, to help me figure out how to sleep better how to have less pain, how to be more alert. Um, And some of those worked and some of those didn't. But again, a lot of it came down to really doing the research and making sure that it was factual based, making sure that I was reading the same information from a lot of different sources that were reputable sources and not somebody just looking to make a quick buck. So we changed supplements. We also changed our schedule. My life began to be filtered through a schedule filter, is what I would call it. Um, Anytime something was presented to me as an opportunity to do something, I would think first, is this good for my family? And if it was something that would benefit all of us, then for the sake of the rest of the family, I would do my best to try to make it happen. But if it was something that was just for me, then I would have to see, is it a long-term commitment? Is it a one-time thing? What's my pain and my energy level like right now? I became very, very selective about the activities that I did. I became very, very good at making sure there was a lot of margin in my day a lot of flexible time, um, specific times to rest. Rest became very, very important. We had specific days on Sundays where everything stopped and I would rest. I was not used to that. I was a go-all-the-time type person. So to completely do a 180 and have days where I just was at a full stop and just rested was really really foreign to me and I found out that it was really really foreign to a lot of people it's it's one of the things that makes us different now is the fact that we stop and we rest and we do nothing for an entire day and I really believe that we need to respect rest Um, one of the things I learned during the time I was was ill was of respect for rest. So my schedule became more and more open. My calendar became more and more empty, not because I didn't want to be out. I desperately wanted to be out and about and with people. 
I am extrovert and I'm also an Enneagram 7 which means I can see all the possibilities of all the things that I could do and yet sitting on the couch in pain and fatigued it was very frustrating to not be able to do those things so I had to learn a different way of thinking and a different way of looking at my time so that schedule filter helped me a lot and again that's something else that we'll talk about in another episode on top of all these things there was a dream that we had that because of my illness had been pushed aside but for at least 10 years we had talked about one day moving to the country we wanted to live out away from everything else we wanted to have a little bit of land my husband wanted to be able to hunt or at least target practice on our land ride a four-wheeler around through the woods i wanted to be able to grow a garden maybe have some chickens and some goats and maybe a pig Um, my husband always vetoed the pig (laughs) but that dream seemed less and less likely to happen because of my illness and the reality was there was no way that physically I could manage living on a house with any significant amount of land Um, just the process of moving and selling our home would be astronomically greater than I was able to do and so I learned I watched lots and lots of podcasts and listened to podcasts and watched YouTube videos and followed people on Instagram who were homesteaders. And I learned all about living off the land and growing food and raising animals. And I lived vicariously through these women who shared their homestead lives online. And one of those women was Jess Sword's from Roots and Refuge. And something she said that stuck with me was, let the waiting be your classroom. And so during this time when it was impossible for me to live in the country on my own land and raise chickens in a garden and other things, I let the waiting be my classroom. I was content to just learn about it. And to live vicariously through the women I knew who were doing those things already online. Another thing that we bumped up against through my illness was just being overwhelmed by the amount of things in our home. Like I said, I grew up moving over and over and over again lots and lots and lots of moving so we were constantly just naturally paring down our stuff on a regular basis and then I marry a boy who had lived in the same house his entire life and he saved everything he always could see a future need for whatever it was that I thought maybe we could get rid of and so we saved a lot of things and on top of that Um, we didn't always have a lot of money when I was growing up and so I think for a while there was a scarcity mindset that I needed to hold on to things because I might not be able to get it later when I needed it and it was very hard to let go 
of anything. So on top of already feeling very tired and very sore and very frustrated by how little I could do, my home became more and more difficult to manage because of all the things. And about that time, I discovered a little Japanese lady that we all know and love now named Marie Kondo, who introduced me to the life-changing magic of tidying up. I had tried decluttering several times at this point, but it was so slow, and the influx of things was always faster than the outgo outflow of things. And so I never could seem to get a handle on it. But going through the process of the life-changing magic of tidying up really helped me get through large categories of things at a time. I could work on one specific category and make a huge difference that would be felt all across the house, not just in one small spot. And so finally, after going through one round of this, I really began to be attracted to minimalism. And I will never ever be one of those minimalists with stark bare walls and no art in sight. Um, I'm an artist at heart. I love color. I love collections. I love old things that tell stories and things with a history. And I love options. Um, So I'll never be a stark minimalist. But I began to see the beauty of breathing room in my things as much as I was seeing the beauty of breathing room in my schedule. And so as I became a minimalist with my schedule, I slowly started to become a minimalist in my home. And currently, I would still hesitate to call myself a full minimalist. I'm sitting here in my closet as I'm recording this, surrounded by our clothes and our things that we store. And I know that this closet in this house is about half the size of the closet in our previous house. And to me, it still feels a little too full, but I can see breathing room in it. So I'm embracing the progress and the idea of making more breathing room, embracing the possibilities that are here now, the fact that I have room to pull in a a little TV tray and a chair and a microphone and share my thoughts with you in this podcast because I've been able to minimize the things that were unimportant. I got rid of the fluff And I kept the good stuff. I kept the things that were important, that were meaningful to me. And I was able to do that in all areas of my life through the time that I was sick. Now, if you'll notice, I just said was. I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. And for four years, I was very, very ill. The fourth year particularly, I was very, very ill. And it was becoming more and more difficult for me to do anything normal. Anything that resembled a normal life at all. 
And then in September of 2018, um, the Lord healed me. Um, it was not an absolute snap your fingers, you're healed. It was a gradual thing that the Lord spoke to me and told me, you need to take up your mat and walk, which is referencing a Bible story in Mark where the friends let their friend down through the roof and Jesus tells him to take up his mat and walk and go home. And through reading that story, the Holy Spirit began to show me different places where I was accommodating my illness and was telling me that I no longer needed those things in my life. Um, so one by one, I began to let go of these accommodations and I began to be healed. And about two months later, I would say I was back to normal function. And of course, I was overjoyed by that. And the temptation is to go back and to fill in all those margins again. But I had found the beauty of a simpler schedule. And I had found the beauty of a simpler home. And I had found the beauty of an intentional life. And I didn't want to go back. So a few months after I was healed, the housing market being what it was and different things going on, construction um, close to where our neighborhood was that would eventually impact our neighborhood, we began to talk again about the possibility of moving to the country. Um, we wanted to live this simpler, intentional life in the country where not only was the inside of our home more peaceful and more quiet, but our surroundings could be too. And so through a crazy set of circumstances, we found ourselves moving 30 minutes away from our house in the city, in the suburbs, to a house in rural North Carolina in the middle of farm country. We are in a small agricultural town. Um, we were able to keep our same church and my husband keep his same job. And we've been living our country life that we've dreamed of here in what we have deemed the funky farmhouse in rural North Carolina. All those things that I learned from those ladies who homesteaded and shared about it on podcasts and Instagram and YouTube, I began to put those things into practice. I began learning how to cook from scratch, which up until that point I had done very little of the cooking because I just didn't have the ability and the stamina to do it. And so my daughter and my son, my oldest daughter and my son had done most of our cooking. So when we moved to the funky farmhouse, that was when my son Ross, our son Ross moved in with Nanny and stayed in the area where we had lived. And we moved with our three girls to rural North Carolina. 
So like I said, I began cooking from scratch. I began putting all of my gardening learning into practice. I immediately, we moved in March last year and I immediately put tomatoes into buckets and started moving them around the yard to find the best light. And I began getting to know the land and watching what kind of tree would bloom in the front yard. What color was the flowers on the crepe myrtle? How large would the butterfly bush get? What are these bulbs that are planted here and what will come up? So we spent all of last year getting to know our land and this year we are finally beginning to build our little homestead. Right now we have a little chicken coop that needs to be repaired in our backyard that's waiting for a fence to be put around it and a new roof. And then we will finally have the chickens that will give us eggs every day. We have two 10 foot by 25 foot garden beds ready for plants. Half of one is already full of things for cold weather crops. And we have oodles and oodles of seeds started on the side of the house. We're finally living the dream that we talked about for so, so long. But it was only possible because we were able to make those choices to live differently. If we had not quieted our schedule and quieted our heart, if we had not cleared out the clutter from our space, it would have been difficult to buy this house, which is a little smaller than the house we came from. And since we've moved to the country, I've become more and more minimalist. We got rid of probably two-thirds of our things before we moved here, and I'm still weeding through and deleting and paring down what we brought with us. Not only that, but we've become more and more environmentally aware. You can't live in the country and be as connected as we are to food systems and the land and not be impacted by it. So we've learned more and more about different things that we can do to help with recycling, with land conservation, with the way we take care of our soil, the way we dispose of our trash, the things that we use in our everyday life. So there's so many different decisions that we're making now in ways that we are continuing to swim upstream and live differently than the rest of the world. So where do we go from here? I am what you call a serial student. I love to learn. I love to pursue new knowledge. I love to find out about new things. That's why one of the things I want to highlight each week is what I'm learning. Because I feel like that as long as you're alive, there's still something left to learn. And so for now, I'm learning about sourdough starting. And I want to use this podcast as a way to share with you about the things I've learned and about the things I'm learning now. I want to talk about the things that you want to learn about. I want to be able to help you live a life that's a little different than the ones you have now. Maybe you are stuck in that overscheduled, hurried and harried, stressful life. Maybe you dream of 
pressing pause or clearing out time or prioritizing rest and you're not exactly sure how to do it. Maybe you're at home with small children and you're constantly stressed out and you think, this can't be the way it's supposed to be. I want to enjoy my kids. I want to teach them things and I want to play with them and enjoy our home and our family life. Over these next several episodes, I want to teach you how to do that. In our next episode, I'll teach you how to identify the areas that you feel like need change in your own life. And then I'll walk you through the steps that I take when I find an area that I need to change in my own life. Thanks so much for listening to this first episode. I would love it if you would subscribe by pressing the subscribe button. This helps me show up to more eyes and ears on iTunes and all the other podcasting platforms. I would also really appreciate it if you could leave me a review. Again, reviews help me get in front of more people. And as I'm just starting out, I would love it if you could share it with your friends. Thanks so much for listening to the Swim Upstream podcast. Don't forget to be intentional. Don't forget that what you want to do is what you need to be swimming towards. Not what the world tells you, not what others expect. It's time to swim upstream. So let's keep swimming.